Heavenly Father, thank you this morning just for this time, God. As Tony prayed, time to, to worship, to be reminded of what we believe, to confess what we believe, to pray together, to sing together, to celebrate your presence, God. And I pray that this time, as we hear from your word, as we learn from Malachi, Lord, right now in this moment, we all come here with, from many different places, many different perspectives. Right now in this moment, many of us have pressures, have things that we're thinking about. I pray, God, that by your spirit, you would help us, God, to just open up our hands and release those pressures and lean in to what you would have for us. As we unplug from those distractions, may you, Holy Spirit, open up the eyes of our hearts to what you would have for each of us. Have your way. We pray this together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This morning, uh, talking to you about the final sunrise of your story. We're looking at the book of Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament, not the last book that we'll focus on. We're doing chronologically going through the Bible. So next week, we're going to be in the book of Chronicles. Chronicles is a book that was written actually at the, uh, chronologically as an overview of the whole story of the Old Testament. But today, we're looking at the last prophet. And in particular, I want you to think with me today, if you've ever had this, have you ever had a moment looking at this little bed here, this little cot, where as you look at this, have you ever had a day when you felt like you just didn't want to get out of bed. Perhaps it was a Monday morning. I know in the Beardsley house, Monday mornings feel like this. We have school. And for some of us, it's like, man, I, we have five lunches to pack, breakfast to eat. We gotta go, and somehow here in Chowchilla, it's a great idea that every kid is at a different school. And so it takes you like 10 hours to get your kids to school. Or, or maybe for some of us, there's good days and then there's some days when you wake up and you're just thinking like, I, I literally, I don't want to get out of bed. Perhaps there's some anxiousness about your life, about some of the decisions that you've made. Perhaps there's some unrest in your work or lack thereof. Perhaps there's a tension in your marriage, in your family. Perhaps there's even questions and doubts in your life spiritually about the existence of God and whether or not this is true. Today, as we look at Malachi, I believe that God is using Malachi to speak to a people that are in this place of wondering if it's worth waking up the next day. Of wondering, and I want you to think about this, how you will rise with the sun. What will your attitude be like on this day? Will you just kind of fake it till you make it? What will your thoughts and perspectives be on this day today? 
And as we look at this in Malachi, Malachi is speaking to a people. They've just come out of exile. We scholars believe that this prophet was, was sometime in the time, a hundred years after exile, so in the time of Nehemiah and Ezra. Some, Calvin, believe that actually Malachi was actually Ezra. We don't really know. Malachi, the name Malachi is messenger. Most scholars would say they believe that Malachi is a proper name for the prophet Malachi. But it really doesn't matter who Malachi was. The message is what matters. And the message is God's message to a people that are about, it's his last word, the final sunrise from God as they're preparing for, get this, they don't know this, but it's 400 years of silence. From this last word, there's 400 years till we get to Matthew in the New Testament. And these are words for God's people, and I believe they're also words for you and me. I would encourage you, if you have your bulletins, to kind of follow along. There's a little fill in the blanks if you'd like to fill in the blanks. Also, if I miss a point or you miss a point, at the bottom there is a little cheat sheet. I know some of us like to make sure we fill in every blank. As we look at this, it seems to me on this final sunrise, this thinking about this rising up out of bed and how do I go through this, Malachi it draws our attention, your attention, to the final sunrise. There's this day of the Lord, and we've read about it in the Old Testament time and time again. We read about it in Zechariah, we read about it in Amos, we read about it in Joel, this day of the Lord that is promised that will come. And here in Malachi, he has a question for you and I, I believe. And the question is this, it's, the, it's, it's this promise that as you think about this final sunrise, there's this promise that the day is coming. And the question is, will you be burning with regret or leaping with joy? As you think about the return of the Lord, will you be burning, and I use burning quite literally, with regret or leaping with joy? Look at what it says here in verses one through three. It says, for behold, pay attention. This is for you right now. Behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all the evildoers will be stubble. Remember, we've seen this theme throughout Scripture, pride cometh before destruction. We see this wisdom here. There's this arrogance in God's people, this arrogance in the world. And it says, the day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. So this is the burning with regret. As you think about this coming day, will I fall into this group of people? A people that realize I have been arrogant. I have chosen to go my own way. And on this day, this is my lot. Malachi is calling, and remember here, he is writing to God's people. He is writing to the gathered people in Jerusalem. 
people who we know from Malachi have done some horrible things in the temple, have started to go and marry foreign women and, and, to, and to forget the wife of their youth and divorce. At one point, God says, I was there when you said these oaths and you have forgotten the wives of your youth. A people who have stopped giving, they have not stopped tithing, they, they've, they've stopped being a part of God's people and the way that he's called them to live. And so we know that the day is coming. But there's also a beautiful piece here. On this day when the sun rises, this sun will have an effect. It will burn like an oven, but he says this, but for you who fear my name. Once again, fear my name. This is throughout the story. The fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. Time and time again, we've read that we as a people are called to be a people who have a fear of the Lord. And the, the word for fear in the Hebrew is a word that is related to a reverence and an awe and a respect and an honor. He says, those who fear my name, it says this, listen to this. This is the only time in the Bible that this is said. The son of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. And you... You who fear the Lord. There's a whole bunch of burning with regret, but you who have feared the Lord, who have been faithful, you, it says, shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. Now, I'm a city boy. I have no idea what this means. So I texted some of my dairyman friends, and I said, is this a thing? Like, everything I know about cows is they just kind of stand there and they give milk. You're telling me that like they're leaping, or apparently this is a thing, like, like you put your calves in the stalls in the winter, and on that first spring day when, when you open up and let them out, they go nuts. I actually have a video of you to prove to you of what this looks like. Show, show the video real quick. It's a thing. And the Lord is saying, on this day, when there's all this dread, all this regret, you, the people who have feared my name, that winter is over, and you will go out like this. You'll have this joy. And this, the word here, it says that the son of righteousness, it's interesting here, says that as it rises, it, it will have healing in its wings. And the word for wings, some say it, it's related to like the sun, the rays of the sun. But it's also the same word that they would use for like the hem of the robe of the rabbi, the priest. And there was a thought that, that, that in the hem of the robe, there was actually like healing power. And if you just touched the robe, you would be healed. And so the sun of, of righteousness that is rising, there's something about its clothing that has healing in it. It's actually doing something in the people who fear the Lord. They're not just like, we made it, we are good. They're actually being healed in this. Do you see this? This is something to long for. And so the question that we must ask ourselves is, 
on that day, are you a verse one or a verse two person? Will I be burning with regret? Or will I be leaping with joy? As you think about that, Malachi then has a challenge to the people because all of us want to be the leaping with joy people, right? Amen? Can I get an amen? Yes. All of us want to be those people. And so Malachi then, as he's giving this word to God's people, he says this. Look at what he says. He says, remember. Remember. The question is, will you go your own way right now in this moment as you wait, or will you learn from God's word? Will you go your own way or learn from God's word? Look at what it says here. Verse uh, four. Remember the law. Whenever you see the word law, this is the Hebrew for Torah. Everything that we've studied in the law, Genesis through Deuteronomy, Numbers, those first five books of the Bible, that's the Torah. That's, that's the ways of God that he has for his people that we have studied. It says, remember the law of my servant Moses. Remember Moses. This is going to come back. The statutes and the rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. And the word here for remember, when God says remember, it's not just like recollect. It's not just like, oh yeah, I remember. We're supposed to follow those like 10 commandments. Oh yeah, I remember. We're supposed to like act this way and do these things in the temple and we need to have these sacrifices because we are unrighteous, but by the the blood of the animal shed for us, the remembering is active. The Hebrew here is an active remembering. It's very similar to the Shema. It says, hear, O oh, oh, Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord. It's, it's got this expectation that as you remember, you will act out. This is why, as a church, we believe Scripture alone. We are a church that says we need to remember and lean into God's word and ask him to reveal to us how we should walk see his ways, and not go our own way. And as we read this, then we ask this question, I encourage you to just take some inventory. Will you follow your own ways or the ways of God? How in my life have I perhaps, knowing some of the truths of what God's word says, knowing that we have a God who is unchanging, who never changes, therefore the things that I read about in the Old Testament are still true for me today. Are there ways that I live? Are there sins that I've committed? Are there practices that I engage in that go against his way? And if so, I must turn from them. I must repent, I must turn from them towards the Savior. And so this is a great time for us as we think about anticipating the day of the Lord where we remember, but there's also this beautiful word, behold. Behold. This word's been coming up time and time again as I've been reading here and in other places. This idea of behold, of getting your attention, Malachi uses this 
Because as he thinks about that day, as you think about rising up in the morning, those days when you just don't want to get out of bed, we have this next question. On those days, will you, hear this, dread or anticipate every sunrise? When you wake in the morning, tomorrow morning, and it's Monday, is that day going to wake up with dread or anticipation? Now be honest with yourself there. And it may depend on the day. It may depend on what you had for dinner yesterday. It may depend on whether the Giants won or lost last night. If you're really immature, like me. But here it's saying, look at what Malachi says in uh, verse 4. I'm sorry, verse, let me just find it here. It says here, verse 5, behold, there's that word, get your attention, it says, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he, okay, he will do something, he will turn the hearts, turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. Not only is God saying, remember the word, is also saying the prophets are important here too. You have the law and you have the prophets. You have everything kind of, the whole story wrapped up in Moses and Elijah. They represent the whole story. You see, as you remember this, as you behold, there's this anticipation. If you remember in Malachi 3, it said, one will come, talking about John the Baptist. A messenger who will speak of the messenger who will come. Because a part of our honest answer to the question of will you go your own way or will you go God's way, if we are honest, always ends at some point in I've gone my own way. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to lead this the rest of it? God I love, thank you. Kath I love. That's a part of who we are. There's an anticipation in the sunrise here. And in all of these questions as I've been studying this and thinking through and asking myself what is the answer to the question? It seems to me that for all of these questions that we're asking ourselves there's one answer. There's one answer to all your questions. And this is where like, I just, scripture blows my mind. It's like God wrote the whole thing. It's like he knew, knew the story before it happened. And we see this here, by the way, he did. Because <laughs> we see this here. In John 1, 9 through 10, it says that the true light was coming into the world, and even though the world did not know him, it says that the light was shining in the darkness. When Jesus came in John, and he, he came and he said, I am what? The light of the world. Does that sound familiar to a sun of righteousness shining? Or if you can, we're going to be in Matthew, so I wanted to kind of focus on these connections here. If you can, turn to Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to go really fast, so keep up with me. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is talking, he's giving the Sermon on the Mount, and he's talking about the ways of the kingdom. And there's these people that wonder, well, with this new way, what about the old way? 
What about all the law and all the prophets? Do we just like throw those out? Look at what Jesus said. He said, do not think that I've come to abolish, to reject the law and the prophets. Jesus said, I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them, to complete them. You cannot, I will. Or flip your page, your Bibles, uh, to chapter nine. This is not on the screen, so you're gonna have to have your Bibles out. But I discovered this this morning, so I had to add it in. Chapter nine, verse 20. Jesus is walking and it says, and behold, there's that word again. A woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years came up behind him and she touched the fringe of his garment. Remember we talked about the son of righteousness rising and the, the being clothed with this healing power? For she said to herself, if only I could touch his garment, I will be made well. And Jesus turned and seeing her, he saw her, he said. Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. Do you not see the sun of righteousness rising? One more place, keep turning to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17, as we think about this sunrise, as we think about this, these questions that we have and what the answer is to this waking up every day, look at what happens here. Chapter 17, it says, Jesus takes his disciples up onto a mountain. And in scripture, whenever things are up on a mountain, crazy things happen. Look at what happens. It says, and he was transfigured before them and his face shone like what? The sun. And, behold, uh, and his clothes became white as light. The people, the disciples got to see Jesus for who he was. And behold, there's that word again, behold, pay attention. There ap appeared to them, now this is crazy. Look at the characters that appear, Moses and Elijah. Didn't Malachi just talk about Moses and Elijah? Remember? Look at, this is crazy talking with him, they're, 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 they're talking, and Peter said to Jesus, Lord, if it's good that we are here, if you wish, I'll make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. Peter doesn't know what to do, so he's just like, I'm making tents. <laughs> this has turned into a camp out. He was still speaking, Peter's confused, and behold, that word again, a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Church, as we deal with this tension of this question, as we ask ourselves, will I be one? On the day of the Lord, when the Lord does return and make all things right, we believe as Christians that this is a fact. Will I be one who dreads that or anticipates that? Who leaps for joy or burns with regret? As I ask these questions, hear this, the answer to this question is this. Jesus is 
the sunrise, believe in Jesus. Jesus is the sunrise, believe in Jesus. You are not the sunrise. Your willpower is not the sunrise. That great self-help book is not the sunrise. You trying to do all all these things to make your way into this point of being the leaping with joy kind of people is not the sunrise. You will fall. Jesus did not. He is the son of righteousness. And when we believe in him, scripture tells us that we become clothed in his righteousness. His sunrise is our sunrise. And every time you wake up and you see that sunrise, I believe that should be a Christophany, a picture of your Savior. And even though I, my, my proper response is fear and trembling, the fear of the Lord. Look at what Jesus does in this passage with his disciples. Chapter 17, verses, the next verses of this transfiguration, it says, but Jesus came and he went to them And he told them, that's right, you should be afraid. Look at me now. No. He came to them, saying, when you rise in the morning, he says, rise. Have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. No Moses, no Elijah. Those guys were about prophesying the one who would come. That's who they saw. My hope, as you rise tomorrow, as you rise, and maybe it's one of those days when you're like, I, I don't know that I want to get up. I don't know like how I can... I can fight for this marriage, for this relationship, for my job, for this depression, for this anxiety, with all these kids, with with all these struggles, with my singleness, with, with, with whatever it may be. As you rise, I encourage you to be a people who rise with the sun. Who rise knowing that he is the one who has risen on Resurrection Sunday. When Jesus rose, It says that he rose with the dawn. And we join him in that. And maybe you're asking, I get it, Logan. That's the gospel. You preach it every week. Amen. I get it. But how do I rise tomorrow? Like, do you know my life? (laughs) I'm thinking about this. Think about this as a church. How can we be a people that rise? And so I wanted to break this down into a wonderful acronym. Rise, first, reflect. As you rise tomorrow morning, would you reflect? And I I like to think of reflect as a double meaning. One, would you reflect on your day? Remind yourself of the gospel. Remind yourself of what Christ has done for you. Death has been defeated. Death has no sting. No matter what is in front of you, we hold fast to the assurance of our faith, but also would you reflect the light that God has shined upon you? Would you be a reflection of his light to a dark, hurting world? Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm a reflector. Okay, that was really weak. Turn to the person next to you and say, like you mean it, like a calf jumping out on the first day, I'm a reflector. 
Thank you, Doug. Church, it seems to me that, did you know there's this passage in Ephesians where Paul is writing about this light, and he writes to the Ephesians, and he, and he refers to something, and he says, as it says, but we don't find the passage anywhere, he says this, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I, I kind of believe that Paul may have been talking about Malachi. As you rise, rise from the dead of your sin and your depravity and let the gospel and the grace of Christ rule you and guide you. Reflect that to the world. Second, inspire. We are a people that inspire. And I think so often we read this in our Western society and we say, this is about like, like me and my truth and my, and we forget this is written to the gathered people, the community of people that are called into community, faith community, to inspire and spur one another on. And you are called to not just be inspired, but inspire your brother and sister Paul writes about this, or the author of Hebrews writes about this in Hebrews 10. We, we looked at this over the summer. Last year it said, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Is this not a great word for us as we think about the groups that we offer if you're going to be someone that rises every day with this truth, rises with the sun, you will need people in your life on those days when you don't feel like rising that are going to remind you of this reflection. And so I would just encourage you in your bulletin, you have on the backside of this a whole bunch of groups. Maybe ask yourself, how can I inspire how can I, what can I join in to reflect? This year for me, I'm doing a group for dads, for dads that got boys that are heading into adolescence that want these boys to become men and are terrified. And we're gonna work on this. And I want other men around me to inspire me, to learn from me. Maybe you wanna be a part of a woman's Bible study or you wanna be a part of a, of a recovery group. Maybe you want to be a part of a community group where you're talking about the sermon and, 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 you're, and, you're, and you're, you're doing that. And you're growing in that. I want to encourage you. Let's be a people that reflect, a people that inspire, and also a people that serve. As we read of our Savior, as we read of the one who had the entire glory of God in his being, His model to us for how to live was service, was washing the feet of his disciples, was laying down his life for you and I so that we could live. That's our model. And as I think about rising, this speaks in to just we are, our tendency is what today, what part of today is for me? How can I serve myself today? How can I get that raise? How can I make that deal? How can I? And we should be thinking as God's people, who 
has God put me in front of to serve, I would encourage you to reflect on that. There is so much happening here at, at Cornerstone. I remember this morning, we prayed before the service, Doug was praying for our church, praying that God would rise us, raise us up, not just to a people that are reflecting and inspiring, but a people that serve. The people that believe that, that our children need teachers, that our youth need men and women to look up to, that, that, that we need people that, that have walked where other people have not walked, are teaching them and inviting them along the path of inspiration. I would encourage you, think about this, not just how can I reflect and how can I inspire, but also be thinking, how can I serve? P.S., start in your home. Start in your marriage. Start with your children. Finally, enjoy. Enjoy. We are a people of joy. We are a people that every morning when we wake up here and we're laying down in our bed, yes, we may, remember at the beginning of the sermon, I said, how do you wake up? We may want to say, I don't want to get up today. I don't want to face this day. I don't want to do this. But you can, with the help of the Lord, say, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. No matter what else, we are a people that rise with these truths that reflect, that inspire, that serve, and that enjoy. Church, do we enjoy the salvation we have? Yes. Amen, Pastor Logan. Church, as we think about this, let's be a people that reflect this. I love that today we got to have a banjo. I love that today church felt like a bit of a hoedown. Got to wear my tennis shoes so I knew that we were going to dance a little bit. I want to encourage you. In a few moments, we're going to sing this beautiful song called Leaning on the Everlasting Arms of Jesus. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all harm. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Tis so sweet to take him at his word. Church, as we think about this day, as we think about how we will rise together, I want to exhort and encourage you. Rise full of joy. Remember those cows jumping around? That's supposed to be you and me. And notice, it does not say your circumstances. It just says, you are these people. This is how you live. May we be a people that rise together in the sunrise, the son of righteousness who has poured out and clothed us in his righteousness. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I just ask God that everybody here in this space watching online or here in the room, that we right now, God, that you would do something in us, that all of us, as we think about those questions, God, you are a spirit of conviction. 
All of us have some things that we need to work on. All of us are challenged and convicted, but Lord, I pray that your grace would pour out into those places, that you would fill us with your joy, and as we sing, Lord, I ask that the Son of Righteousness with healing in his wings would cause us to sing out, would cause us to sing your joy. And Lord, for many of us, we may be in a season of darkness. We may be in a season of anxiety or stress. Pray, God, that in that season we would hear your voice that says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me. Take my yoke upon me. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly. I pray, God, that in that we would give you our burdens. We would trust and lean into your everlasting arms. So we love you, we give you all the glory. In your name we pray.